why a smartwatch for children isn't so smart, and how the sea turtle espionage campaign is hijacking DNS to target intelligence agencies. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Matthew Schwartz. This week's security report begins with an alarming look at a child tracking tool for parents that has flaws which could be abused by an attacker to track a child or talk directly to them. ISMG's Jeremy Kirk has more. That's the voice of Australian security researcher Troy Hunt's six-year-old daughter, Ellie. She's speaking with Vangelis Stikas, a security researcher with Pentest Partners in the UK. As part of a security test, Stikas managed to add himself as a parent to Ellie's TikTok track smartwatch and then call Hunt's daughter. Although Hunt gave permission to run the test, in theory, Stikas shouldn't have been able to do that. But Stikas and his colleagues found the smartwatch's web application contained a serious vulnerability. The GPS smartwatch, which has a SIM card, is designed to let parents keep tabs on their kids, including their location. But the vulnerability could have allowed a hacker to track a child's location, spoof the child's location, and add themselves as a parent to an account. The smartwatch is made by China-based Gator Group, but uses software developed by TikTok Track, which is marketed by a Brisbane-based company. The Gator watch is sold around the world, and often the web app is customized by local companies that sell it. As a result of the findings, TikTok Track this week shut down its service pending verification of the flaws in a fix. The company said if the flaws are verified by its own audit, it would offer refunds for subscriptions. The type of vulnerability that affected this smartwatch was an insecure direct object reference. It allowed anyone logged into the TikTok track service to increment an identifier in a URL, which allowed access to other accounts. The type of vulnerability is an elementary one and should have been caught. Security researchers have long warned of vulnerabilities in internet-connected toys and in children's smartwatches. Theoretically, the problems with the TikTok track should have never happened. And that's not just because the developers should have had greater knowledge of insecure direct object references. In October 2017, the Norwegian Consumer Council published a detailed paper into the privacy issues and security aspects of four kinds of children's smartwatches, including the Gator. The council found what it termed significant security flaws, unreliable safety features, and a lack of consumer protection. And about a year later, Pentest Partners published research outlining some of the same kinds of vulnerabilities also in a Gator watch. As a result of the findings, Gator fixed problems with its own web application. All of this is a warning once again that internet-connected devices aimed at children are still an immature and potentially risky area. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Next in the Security Report, I'm joined by Scott Ferguson of ISMG, who's been reporting on a domain name system hijacking campaign that's been targeting intelligence agencies, the energy sector, and more. Scott, what's going on here? Hi, Matt. Thanks. So on Wednesday this week, Cisco Talos released a report about a nation-state-sponsored attack called Sea Turtle. This group has managed to hijack DNS traffic. 
And it's something Cisco Talos has been looking at before. There's a couple other groups operating in the North Africa and Middle East regions that have become pretty prolific at manipulating and hijacking DNS traffic. Cisco Talos told me in an email that this is not related to some of those other attacks, which have been kind of pinned on Iran. Cisco Talos also had told me that they know who is behind it, but they're not saying yet exactly who these people are. That might come out a little bit later. But again, we're seeing these groups that have state sponsorship to them taking advantage of these older protocols and and, and getting really prolific at, at hijacking that traffic. Is this the first time that we have been seeing these kinds of DNS hijacking campaigns? This has actually been going on for a while. Uh, Sea Turtle itself has been around since at least the very beginning of 2017. The folks at Cisco Talos have told me that they are still in operation right now, even after Cisco planned on publishing some of these results that they had. But we are, again, seeing different groups manipulating DNS traffic. Most are state-sponsored, so they're part of espionage and spying campaigns. I received an email late yesterday from a Talos spokeswoman, and she said also, too, that they've, this group of Sea Turtle has also managed to steal data from some of the organizations that it's targeted. So this is a pretty extensive state-sponsored campaign that's going on right now. And again, it's indicative of these sort of continuing operations, uh, especially in the Middle East and North Africa. How should organizations be protecting themselves against these sorts of attacks? Uh, Cisco Talos did release a little bit of material about how you can defend yourself. One of the main things was, you know, take a good look at your DNS registry, right? Make sure that that is not being manipulated. Go into the logs. If the logs don't have multi-factor authentication in them, maybe that's something you want to put in. If you think maybe you've been targeted, you want to reset your passwords, do a whole network reset, use a trusted computer, reset all your passwords. And of course, like everything else, because this group managed to take advantage of so many flaws and vulnerabilities in commodity software, go through all your patching, make sure that everything is up to date. And then from a more big picture perspective, we're also seeing slowly the adoption of domain name system security extensions, for example, DNSSEC, that can help as well, can't it? It can help. The only thing I would kind of add there as a kind of caveat is that Craig Williams, he's uh, one of the uh, researchers at Talos who put together this report. He said as DNS systems are sort of being upgraded for modern security, the attackers are also updating their methods. So even though better security is coming, you have to be aware that the attackers are adjusting their methods to sort of manipulate the traffic, even with these better security protocols in place. So it's a constant cat and mouse game as better security comes on, the attackers change, and then you need to re-up your game as well. So cat and mouse game, DNS edition. Exactly. You know, spy versus spy at this point. Well, Scott, thanks so much for your time and insights today. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. If you've ever been trying to do one thing on a website, but it tricks you into doing something else, that's a dark pattern. To combat such practices, a new bipartisan Senate bill introduced by Virginia Democratic Senator Mark Warner and Nebraska Republican Senator Deb Fischer would prohibit large online platforms from using deceptive interfaces. 
Here's Senator Warner telling CNBC more about his Deceptive Experiences to Online Users Reduction, or Detour, Act. This one takes a look at the abuse, particularly for large platform companies, people with more than 100 million users, where you see manipulative tactics on their site or their application. I think we've all seen sites that have flashing arrows to say, press I agree, press I submit, but you could never find the unsubscribe button on the same site. This would set up a, an advisory, industry advisory group, similar to the model in the securities industry of FINRA. So it would be, that would set up rules and regulations that would be able to enforce this effort against dark, what we call dark patterns, against manipulative behavior, particularly gearing as well towards children. Okay. And um, we think it's a good first step. One useful resource for better understanding dark patterns is darkpatterns.org. The website highlights numerous examples of dark patterns seen in the wild. For example, bait and switch means you click an X on the upper left part of a window asking if you want to upgrade your operating system to Microsoft 10, intending to dismiss the box only to have clicking the X begin the upgrade. Roach motels, meanwhile, refer to sites that make it easy for a user to end up in a situation but difficult to get out of. Ticketmaster, for example, has been known to sneak magazine subscriptions into a customer's shopping cart unless they explicitly opt out. Confirm shaming uses guilt to try and drive someone into accepting something. Information security veteran Wendy Nather calls this the, yes, I want to let the orphans starve prompt. Airline websites, for example, often do this too when they try to get ticket buyers to purchase one-off travel insurance. And the final example for today, trick questions. Trick phrasing can leave users unclear about whether clicking no might instead mean yes, or it might follow a checkbox for opting out with a checkbox for opting in. Regardless of the type of dark pattern at work, if you had to summarize this sort of thing, it might be, don't be evil. Instead, organizations that use usability as a force not only for making things easier to use, but for good, have the opportunity to not only foster better data security, but also greater transparency and trust with users. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Catch you next time. 